0: When night falls upon the town of Augustus, Illinois, there is no telling what it will bring as the citizens prepare for a new day to eventually dawn. During the moonlit hours, some people stay home, tucked away in their beds. Some make passionate love, some go out on the town for dinner and drinks, and some might be mourning a loved one. Night is a sacred time, no matter what one is doing. It's a time meant for our bodies to calm and prepare for what happens next. It's the time of day where everybody in this world seeks shelter from the storm that could be ahead. Donovan's apartment in the living room, Donovan walks up to the set of windows in the room. He looks out on the nightly rainfall as it falls harder and harder with each passing minute. Donovan raises a glass of whiskey on the rocks up to his lips and takes a slight sip. He looks over at his front door, which is wide open. He then looks over at the wall clock, which now reads Midnight.
1: I was wondering when you'd show up. You're first, no surprise there. You're always right on time.
2: Why did you do it, Donovan? Why did you almost set my house on fire?
1: You know, Miranda, for someone who claims to be this smart lawyer, you suck at figuring out motives for why people do what they do. All you ever do is ask questions. Aren't you tired of doing such
2: a thing? That's where you're wrong, Donovan. I don't just ask questions. I know more than you think I do.
1: Oh, yeah? What do you know?
2: You left your front door open. You've been staging your grand revenge on this town for weeks now. You want a reaction from your long list of enemies. And when it comes to me, well, I'm going to give you one. Because I am done with you. I am done with the games no
0: more Donovan turns around as Miranda retrieves a Smith and Wesson nine mm pistol 15 minutes prior to his encounter with Miranda Donovan is sitting on his couch his front door is still open Donovan stands from the couch as Isaac enters As the two men begin to converse about the past, things get heated within minutes as Isaac remembers all that Donovan has done to Stephanie. Isaac then moves his suit jacket back from his waist and reveals to Donovan that he is carrying a Smith & Wesson 9mm on the side of his belt. Isaac then reaches for the gun and points it at Donovan. Fifteen minutes prior to Donovan meeting with Isaac, Donovan is standing at the bar cart, pouring himself a whiskey on the rocks. His front door is open once again. Donovan turns around just as Jonah appears in the doorway.
1: Jonah, you're just in time for a drink. Do you take yours on the rocks or neat?
0: You son of a bitch. Jonah rushes up to Donovan and raises his fist. After just having been punched, Donovan holds his slightly bloody lip.
1: Slow down there, chief.
0: You tried to set my family's home on fire. What the hell is wrong with you? Well, you haven't
1: lived there since you let my beautiful blue slip under your solid oak
0: desk. Enough. I don't know why you're doing this, but it ends now.
1: You know exactly why I'm doing this. Your ex-wife hanging me out to dry with that kidnapping plan is the reason I've been running from the police all this time. But I'm back now, and things are starting to go my way. Not if I kill you first.
0: Jonah quickly retrieves a Smith & Wesson 9mm pistol from his back pocket and puts the barrel right up to Donovan's forehead, pressing it tightly against his skin. He then releases the safety. It is now 1230 AM. The rain continues to fall outside. The clouds continue to shift. The thunder continues to clap. The lightning continues to strike. Donovan's front door is still wide open. He's still looking out of the set of windows at the storm as it progresses.
1: All my enemies have come to visit me this night. My life feels so complete right now. I'm the happiest I've ever been.
0: Donovan turns around as someone enters his apartment once again. This time the person is dressed in all black.
1: Oh, you've come back. It's so good to see you again.
0: Donovan steps forward to this person, but the person quickly retrieves a Smith and Wesson nine mm pistol from their zip up jacket. They release the safety and fire shot after shot. Donovan falls to the floor, dropping his whiskey glass in the process. Donovan lies motionless on the floor as he has been shot three times. He smiles as he slowly closes his eyes. The shooter then runs out of the room and into the stormy night. Moments later at Stephanie's home in the living room, A breathless Stephanie enters the home. Felicia, who is sitting on the couch reading a novel, looks over at Stephanie.
3: Stephanie? What are you still doing up? I, I thought you'd be asleep right now. I-, I have to take you back to the village in the morning. You should be- uh- I can sleep. You know how restless I get sometimes. Are you okay? What? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, of course.
4: Uh, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, but come on, we need to get you to bed right now.
0: Stephanie goes to her mother. Five hours earlier, it is now 7.30 p.m. At the Tasty Bean Cafe in the main area.
5: Ugh. okay, that's it, Graham.
3: You can leave my establishment now. I've heard this type of apology from you a million times now.
6: I never meant for things to get that ugly.
3: Did you hear that, Graham? A clap of thunder. That shows me that even this storm thinks you're an evil, lying son of a bitch. You see, the only reason you visited me tonight is to get under my skin. You just can't leave well enough alone. It's not in you. you got off easy. I wanted you to get
5: the electric chair.
6: Look, I know that I'm not your favorite person. I know that I've done bad things in my life. <sighs> Truthfully, I let that protest get out of hand. I will admit it. I hurt a lot of people, but I know that I hurt you the most. I'm really trying to
0: do the right thing, Lenore.
3: You wouldn't know the right thing if it slapped you in
6: the face.
0: Lenore walks off to the patio area and Graham follows her. Lenore then walks over to the door. Lenore, what are you doing? I'm kicking you out. And then I'm going to lock this door. Lenore, don't
6: open the doors. It's not safe. There's a wind advisory in our area.
3: I don't care if you blow all the way to Florida. I don't want you near me
6: any longer. Lenore, come on, be real about this. If you open those doors, that wind could do some serious damage. We're safe in here. (laughs) With you around, no one's safe.
0: As soon as Lenore opens the door, the winds from the storm become too powerful She realizes that she has made a mistake, but before she can do anything about it, leaves and sticks from outside start coming in along with the rain. Graham rushes up to her.
6: What are you doing? I'm trying to help you close these doors, dammit! I don't need your help! Yes, you do!
0: Now push! As Graham and Lenore keep pushing the doors in hopes of shutting them, Lenore pushes too hard and ends up slipping on the now wet floor. She falls to the ground and hits her head, which knocks her unconscious. Graham rushes to her side as the wind and rain continue to blow. Lenore! Lenore! Wake
6: up, Lenore! Can you hear me?
0: Damn it! Graham then stands and retrieves his cell phone from his back pocket. He then begins to dial 911. However, as he takes a step away from Lenore, he slips and falls on the ground before he can press the call button. Graham is then knocked unconscious from hitting his head on the floor and slowly blood begins to pour out onto the floor from Graham's head injury. On the Harper Estate at the guest house, Connor is sleeping on the couch as he clutches a stuffed dinosaur rather tightly. Colin is looking out the window watching the rain fall. Colin jumps back from hearing the knock at the door. All of his worst fears are bubbling to the surface. Who could be at the door, he wonders. He then slowly decides to work up the courage to go to the door.
6: Oh, Mom. Oh my God, I can't believe it's you. Come
0: in. Thank you. Elaine rushes indoors. Can I get you a towel?
7: No, no, I'm not that soaked. I, well, I drove over here from the main house.
6: I I know Lucinda was up at the main house. Is she still there?
7: No, but we do not have much time. I need to get you out of Augustus.
6: Mom, that's crazy. You should have just gone to the party with Isaac tonight. You shouldn't be here.
7: First of all, no one gets onto this property without me knowing, and I know for a fact that Lucinda is gone, and I sent Isaac off to the party.
6: Mom, I'm scared.
7: I know. But you are not going to lose your son to that manipulative bitch. I won't let it happen. Your father taught me a few tricks through the years and it's time to implement them. I have the Harper jet ready to go for you and your son.
6: I still want to find out how all of this happened sometimes I wish that Emma were still here. I need answers. I want to leave this town with my son just as badly as you want me to, but I'm not sure that I can quite yet. I, I need to get answers.
7: And you will have them someday, but I don't think you getting answers is for the best right now. Lucinda could have police officers on these grounds at any moment, and I won't be able to do anything about that. Colin, you have to leave.
6: I'm sorry, Mom. Not yet. I need like a half an hour, please. I'm begging you.
7: Oh, my God. Okay, fine. You go. I'll watch Connor.
6: Are you sure that people won't get suspicious of you not being at the party?
7: Well, here's what I'll do. I'll watch him for five minutes. That should be enough time for Gwendolyn to awake and come over here. You know she's more than just a maid. She'll keep our secret. Are you sure? More than sure. Oh, Colin, I love you, my boy.
6: I love you too, Mom. So very much.
7: Be careful out there in the storm.
6: I will. I promise.
0: At the Bay Ridge Hotel in Lucinda's suite, Lucinda walks into the suite, clearly angered. She rushes over to the mini bar area and picks up a mini bar bottle of tequila. She then opens it up and guzzles it rather quickly. She then throws the bottle across the room.
8: There she was, right in front of me. Elaine knows where Colin is. That phone call, Isaac backing her up. None of that fooled me. I know that Harper Matriarch slut knows exactly where her son is hiding. But I have to get my grandson. He needs to be near his real father. He needs to be raised by his mother's blood mother. He needs to be shown the love of his grandmother. And I won't let the Harper stop me, never.
0: Lucinda rushes over to the desk and picks up the hotel room telephone. She quickly dials a number and places the phone up to her ear.
8: Hello, Judge Hopkins. This is Lucinda Prescott. Colin Harper is nowhere to be found, and neither is my grandson. I want you to have every officer in this town looking for them. You granted me custody, and I want my grandson. Now!
0: Lucinda then slams the phone on the hook.
8: Well, I guess I should be grateful that Judge Hopkins was at his office so late. Now he knows that those hoppers aren't following the rules. Well, that ends now. I make the rules.
0: At Augustus High School in the gymnasium, though the storm continues to rage on outside, the residents of Augustus are not letting that stop them from enjoying the high school reunion, which continues to be a huge success and a fun celebration. Over by the small food court area, Sky is cutting a few pieces of cake and putting them out on paper plates. As she finishes cutting the last piece and wipes her hands off with the dish towel, Caitlin rushes up to her.
9: Hey, you. I was wondering when you'd get here to help us alumni out. Everyone's been enjoying the party, but to tell you the truth, I need a break. Yeah, me too. Uh, you only just got here, Caitlin. I. I think you should jump jump right into cutting a few pieces of cake, like I did.
5: Sky, I know I just got here, but you see, I'm taking a break from life.
9: What, Caitlin? What's gotten into you? Are you okay?
5: Not really. You see, I just found out that Laken made out with another woman, her realtor from Spain, in fact. And since she has gotten back in town, she's been keeping it from me.
9: Oh my goodness. I I am so sorry. Is there anything I can do?
5: Can we go somewhere and talk? Look, I've, I've said it in the past, but Skye, you know my journey of who I am better than anyone. And right now, I just want to talk to somebody who knows me. Please. Please, let's go somewhere for some privacy.
9: Sure thing. My mom isn't here yet but Mila Stansfield can take over this whole food court setup. Come on, let's go. We'll talk about everything, and I know that it will all be okay. I promise.
0: Meanwhile, across the room, Jonah and Miranda are sitting at a table. Both of them are drinking a glass of red wine. Laken then suddenly rushes up to them.
2: Oh, Laken. Hello, darling. It's about time you got here. I hope the storm didn't slow you down. I heard they've blocked off some roads downtown.
10: Yeah, they have.
0: Darling, is everything all right? You look as white as a ghost, and you're hardly dressed for a party, even if you are just an
11: alumni volunteer.
10: Well, I kind of had to drop out of my volunteer duties. I have more pressing matters to deal with. Have you guys seen Caitlin?
2: Well, I know that she just got here not too long ago, much like yourself.
0: Is everything okay between you two?
10: No, it's not. I've messed everything up. But her family members are here. And all of our friends are here. I don't want to get into anything. Alex will be here soon. And I don't want you to all look at me as if I'm some strange person.
2: You would never do that. Lake and dear, you have me worried. And you're my daughter, I love you. What's going on?
10: I love you too, mom. Just know that I made a huge mistake. One that I'm not sure I I can come back from. Look, I'm gonna go find Caitlin. But if you guys see her first, just let her know that I'm looking for her. Okay, please?
0: Of course we will. Lakin hurriedly walks off. Jonah, I'm worried.
1: Me too, Miranda. Me too.
0: Miranda reaches for Jonah's hand. He holds her hand as they look deeply at one another. This episode of Forever in a Day will continue. For over 400 episodes, the hit panel talk show podcast Soap Party 411 has brought you soap-studded interviews and soap-studded recaps, and since Forever in a Day's debut, it has been the official place to catch a recap of all the week's drama in Augustus, and you don't want to miss this fun-filled recap by Candace Mack, who is the co-executive producer and co-head writer of Forever and a Day, and she also plays Danielle Frazier, as she chats with her co-host about all the happenings in the world of Forever and a Day. And now back to this episode of Forever and a Day. Back at Augustus High School in the gymnasium, Isaac is standing over by the open bar, sipping on a martini. Elaine then rushes over to him.
7: Isaac, has Lucinda been around to make a scene?
1: Not at all.
12: And thank God for that. How's Colin? Has he been able to get out of town yet with his son?
7: No, not yet. Elaine! I know! And I thank you for keeping the secret that he was on the family property, but, well, Colin wants to say goodbye to a few people, so Gwendolyn is watching Connor right now.
12: Okay, fine. I trust that you and Colin will get everything worked
7: out. And we will not let Lucinda win. I can promise you that.
0: At Nicholas's apartment in the living room, Nicholas enters the room having come from the kitchen. He goes to Leslie.
3: About time you got back out here to face me and the truth of your actions. I hope that glass of water took care of your thirst because I will be the one to take care of this situation. It's just me and you, Nicholas. No one else is here. That means we will be able to have lots of privacy. Privacy that will be used for you to tell me everything. No interruptions will be happening.
11: Much like you, I don't care for interruptions during pivotal moments of my day. I would consider this to be one of those moments
3: I bet. By the way, I see you have your hands behind your back. You're not going to jail, Nicholas. So you can stop prepping for what feels like to have your hands behind your back. You see, if you tell me the full truth, you can leave this town. You can get off with a freebie for whatever your plan may have been.
11: That is so sweet of you, Leslie Marshall. But I guess that's just who you are. You are the sweetest gal In the world. Too bad even people like you have to suffer. You see, I'm not practicing for what handcuffs feel like. (laughs) No, no. No, I'm practicing a grand reveal. Just like my mother did the night she held everyone hostage at your hotel.
0: What is that supposed to mean? Nicholas brings his hands forth and reveals that he is holding the knife. Leslie steps back.
3: Nicholas, what the hell are you doing with that knife?
11: (sighs) Leslie, I realized something when I was in the kitchen. I need to do my mama proud. I need to show her that I can avenge her arrest and prison time. She meant to kill you that night at the hotel, but she never got the chance. You were supposed to be her way of showing your uncle that she meant business. Well, I guess, besides the killing of Avery Randolph. Anyway, here's how tonight's going to end up. I'm going to slit your throat from ear to ear. And then I'm going to find your uncle and plunge this knife so deep into his skin that he'll be able to taste the steel blade. And don't bother running away. I've already locked the doors that are controlled through my cell phone. Oh, and when you weren't looking, I was sure to take your phone out of your purse. You have nowhere to run. You have no way to call someone. It's just me and you. You,
3: you don't want to do this, Nicholas. Stop acting crazy and put the knife down. Confess to everything and you can still leave. Don't do something stupid like your mother did. Don't be the psychopath of a human being. Don't let her do this to you. Shut up, Tramp.
11: I am my own person. I am not crazy. And I am going to kill you. I am my mother's son. I am just as strong and powerful as her and I will please her.
3: Is that what this is about? Mommy's approval? Nicholas, she is a woman who has less of a brain than a box of rocks. You are a smart man. Don't you see what she's doing to you? She doesn't care about you. She just wants everyone in my family dead. That is how unhinged she is.
11: (sighs) You need to stop, babe. You're going a little too far with the name calling, the overanalyzing of the situation. You're going to die here tonight. Plain and simple.
0: Nicholas jumps at Leslie. She then falls back on the couch. Her heart feels like it's beating out of her chest. <sighs> Perfect!
11: I've got you right where
0: I want you. <laughs> Don't come near me! <laughs> or what? Thinking fast on her feet, Leslie rushes to the fireplace. Nicholas lunges at her, but stabs a couch cushion instead. Leslie then picks up a fireplace poker.
3: Nicholas, come on! This needs to stop! This is outrageous! You drop your weapon, I'll drop mine! You need to let me go! You could spend a lifetime in prison for this!
11: At least I could be with my mom again! and at least revenge would have been sought on those who did wrong by her.
3: Nicholas!
11: Stop saying my name! I'm going to end your life.
0: Nicholas runs at Leslie full force. Leslie, who is now completely horrified, runs off through the apartment and into the kitchen. On her way into the kitchen, she accidentally trips over her stilettos and falls to the floor, dropping the poker. (laughs)
11: I've got you right where I want you. It's time you pay up, since your uncle's never
0: dead. Nicholas stands over Leslie, and as he is about to plunge the knife into her, Leslie does a cross kick to his leg and knocks him to the ground. The knife falls out of his hands. (sighs) I guess those
3: boxing classes came in handy.
0: Leslie rushes off to the living room. She looks around frantically. She then lifts a small end table out of her way as it is blocking the window. As she is about to break the rather large living room window by using the end table, Nicholas appears behind her. He then takes the end table out of her hands. I'm tired of you. Nicholas then grabs Leslie and picks her up.
3: No! 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 Nicholas! Put me down! Nicholas! Nicholas!
0: Nicholas then throws Leslie to the floor. He then sits on top of her and holds the knife over her face. Say goodnight, bitch. No! Leslie manages to grab Nicholas's hands. They wrestle back and forth with the knife. Suddenly, Leslie gets the upper hand and manages to plunge the knife right into Nicholas's abdomen. A shocked Nicholas falls to the floor and begins to bleed out with the knife still in him. Leslie, shaking and afraid, slowly rises from the floor.
3: Oh my god!
6: Oh my Lord. Oh God Oh god! What just happened?
0: Oh god! Leslie slowly bends down. She then grabs her cell phone from Nicholas's pants pocket. Nicholas looks down at her as the last breaths release from his body. A bruised and scarred Leslie begins to dial 911 as Nicholas Larson dies from the knife wound. At the Stateville Correctional Center of Illinois in Dominique's cell, Dominique is sitting on the bed, looking down at an old photograph of her and Nicholas.
2: Oh, my son. I hope you served me proud tonight. And I'm confident that you have. I love you so much.
0: At Alex Bennett and associates in Alex's office, Alex is sitting behind his desk packing up his briefcase and talking on his cell phone. The role of Alex Bennett is now being played by Kevin Caliber.
12: Look, I'm about to leave to go to a party. I'll look at the report in the morning. Have a good night stay safe. The storm is out of control.
0: Alex then hangs up from the call. Hello,
6: Alex.
12: Colin. Hi. It's about time you popped up somewhere. A lot of people have been trying to get a hold of you.
6: Oh, I know that to be true.
12: I hope that you've given Connor up to Lucinda. I would hate to see you be arrested over this whole thing.
6: Lucinda is not going to be taking my son anywhere. And before you say anything, you've heard me right. He is mine. And I don't care what any DNA test says.
12: Colin, look, I don't want this to turn into a thing. I just want you to know that I did not know that he was my son from the time I slept with Emma. I did not even know that Lucinda had this whole thing in her back pocket when I was in the courtroom
6: with all of you. And I'm not sure I believe that, Alex. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking about Connor's age. I've been thinking about Emma's pregnancy and all of those months and I keep coming back to one conclusion. You told Leslie and everyone else that you and Emma had only slept together that one time years ago when Leslie was still with me. Yet since Connor is biologically your child, the timeline is filled with gaps. So I need you to come clean to me about everything before I bash your face in with my fist. Seriously,
12: Harper, let's not do this tonight. I'll tell you everything you need to know. We don't need to go to war over
6: this. My whole life since I met Emma has been one battle after another, and you have been the forefront of that. But now she's dead. The son that I have raised, the one that I named after my aunt's dead child has now been revealed to be yours, and the mother-in-law that I came to love is conspiring against me at every turn. Alex, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I can't live my life like this. So just end this battle for me.
0: I don't have any more fight left in me. In a surprising move, Alex clears his throat, offers Colin a seat, and the two men begin discussing the past. Alex fills Colin in on everything, from how he hired Emma to get close to Colin on his European vacation as the ultimate distraction, all because Alex was scared that Leslie's love for him was still too vulnerable. He then fills him in on how Alex met her in Europe and the two made love, and that's where they conceived their child. And then he fills him in on how he brought Emma to town to pass the baby off as Colin's in his original plan. And then, after about half an hour, Colin and Alex stand from the couch.
6: Don't tell Lucinda that I was ever here.
12: Well, what about the courts and Connor?
6: Don't worry. I can't ever forgive you for this. And your day of reckoning will come. But in a way, we were both wronged, Alex. I will let you see Connor, I promise. I'm sure we can work something out, but for now, for now I've got to get out of this town after I say goodbye to my family.
12: Okay. I'll let you leave with him for now. I really would like to get to know my other son. But for now, I want to help you both leave town.
6: I can't ask you to do that, Alex.
12: Then don't ask. Let me do this, okay? I'm sorry for everything.
6: Okay. I need to get to the reunion to see my mom, my aunt, and my sister. I'll drive.
0: At J.J.'s apartment in the living room, J.J. and Antoine are sitting on the couch. Both of them are drinking a glass of red wine.
13: Thank you so much for making me such a lovely dinner. I had such a long day at the office, and you, well, you've made my day a thousand
1: times better. I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad that we're now an unstoppable force
13: with no obstacles in our way, baby, from now on. (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. I say we leave the drama to the articles I write for the magnifier. <laughs> right. Now that I can agree with. Oh, and by the way, it looks like your glass is empty. Let me refill it for you, my love. <sighs> you most certainly can. I wonder who that could be. Um,
0: Danielle, maybe? No,
13: she's out on assignment. Oh, huh. J.J.
0: and Antoine rise from the couch. J.J. then sets his wine glass on the coffee table and goes to the door.
7: Uh, hi? Hello. Can I help you, miss? Yes, I'm looking for Antoine Jeffries. I was hoping I might find him here. Rumor has it that he lives here. Oh,
1: my God. I I can't believe it's you.
0: Antoine slowly walks over to the door.
13: Antoine, what the hell are you doing here? Antoine, who is this?
7: Allow me to introduce myself, dear. I'm Rhonda Jeffries, Antoine's mother.
0: Back at Augustus High School in the gymnasium, Colin enters the gymnasium, Elaine then spots him right away and crosses over to his side of the room. She rushes up to him frantically.
7: Colin, honey, you can't be seen here. What are you doing here? And you're running out of time.
6: Mom, it's fine. I got this. Look, I just, I wanted to say one more goodbye to Aunt Melanie, you, and of course, Caitlin.
7: Okay, but not here. Not in front of all these people.
6: Well, good idea.
0: Let's go find Caitlin.
7: I agree. I think I know where she is. Come on. We've got to hurry.
0: At the Augustus Police Department in the main area, Danielle is standing by Detective Reynolds's desk, texting on her cell phone. Detective Reynolds then enters the main area, having come from a separate office. He then walks over to Danielle. Ms.
13: Fraser.
4: Good evening, Detective Reynolds. Thank you for meeting me so late.
13: No problem. I just hope you make this quick. There's a tornado warning as of a few minutes ago. I want to make sure you get home okay.
4: Aw, that's sweet. But I can't go home until I get what I need from you. Pardon? Well, (laughs) Detective Reynolds, you see, I'm a reporter. And I love getting to the bottom of things. And as I investigate a story, I like to make sure that the people involved are protected. Right now, I'm investigating a story that I need to get a quick outcome with. You see, if I don't get to the bottom of this story, then it could endanger many lives, including a life that is very special to me.
13: Oh? Do you need to report a crime, Ms. Fraser? Is that why you're here?
4: No, but I need information on a crime, or many crimes, depending on how you look at it. You see, I'm planning to write a story on Donovan, and I know that you have been working closely on the case. Detective Reynolds, for the good of the people, and for those that I love, I'm asking you to please give me an update on your investigation.
13: (sighs) Ms. Frazier, while I sympathize with your involvement in this case, and while I think you'll do the story justice, I can't give you an update on an ongoing investigation. But... No buts. I don't dance around on any subject. I don't let people go fishing when I've said no. I'm sorry. Oh, come on! No, my decision is final, but I don't want you to leave here empty-handed. Please be sure to take one of our umbrellas with you. It's getting bad out there. Good night.
0: Detective Reynolds then walks off. Damn it! Danielle takes a deep breath and composes herself. She then picks up her handbag from the desk, but before she goes, she realizes that under her handbag is a file on the Emma Jensen investigation. Danielle then looks around and sees that the main area is practically cleared. She then opens the file.
4: Well, I don't want to leave here empty handed, as the detective mentioned.
0: Danielle quickly looks through the open file on Emma's death. She sees that it is considered a homicide investigation. She sees pictures of the explosion. She sees eyewitness account statements, and then she comes across a note a note that is in a bag with only part of the stationery attached and the other part burnt up. Danielle smiles and begins to read over the note. However, her smile quickly turns to shock. It is a portion of the exact note that Melanie wrote to Colin that Emma read on that fateful day.
4: Colin Harper. Oh my God. Colin Harper. Well, he's not really a Harper after all.
0: Thinking fast on her feet, Danielle looks around once more and then sets the note on the desk. In a hurry, she snaps a picture of the note. She then stacks the file back up and closes the file folder. Danielle then rushes off into the night. Back at Augustus High School, in the hallway, Sky and Caitlin are standing by a row of lockers.
5: You know, being in this hallway, being close to my high school locker... It just goes to show how simple life once was. It really does. I just miss it all being this carefree, you know?
9: Me too. Caitlin, I'm so sorry that Lakin cheated on you in Spain. Thanks.
5: And thanks for letting me vent about it to you.
9: You can vent to me anytime.
5: You know, this past year has been the hardest of my life. I was so ready to live my life out in the open. I was so ready to just be with Lakin in every sense of the word. But she jets off to Spain, Emma dies, Connor is then revealed to not be my brother's child and to top it all off, I don't even know if I want to be a blogger anymore considering that I'm still losing money left and right. Damn it, Sky, why has life become so hard for me? When do I get my happy ending? When do I get the happy ending I deserve? Right now. What? You can
9: have that happy ending right this very second.
5: What does that even mean?
9: Caitlin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. I'm sorry for the lies. I'm sorry for the manipulations. I'm sorry for being so injudicious and going about showing my love for you. But that is exactly what I have for you. I have love in my heart for you. I know that I went about showing it in a terrible way that altered your life. But I don't think you can deny that I love you. And I can't deny it any longer. It's always been you, Caitlin.
0: Skye, I... Kiss me. Caitlin and Skye fall into each other's arms and kiss one another very passionately. But it's short-lived just as Laken comes around the corner of the hallway, and upon hearing her footsteps, Caitlin and Skye immediately stop kissing one another. A very upset Lakin rushes off, and Caitlin immediately tries to go for her, but Skye holds her back.
9: Caitlin, I think we both know that it's not worth it.
0: Meanwhile, in the women's bathroom at Augustus High School, Skye is looking down at her cell phone, texting Caitlin.
9: Caitlin, I'll be down shortly. You just stay in my car. And I promise that I'll get you home before the storm really picks up. I've just got to use the restroom, and then I want to text my mom and make sure she's okay. I'm sad she didn't come, but I get it. Anyway, I'll see you soon, and everything will be okay.
0: Skye smiles as she sends the text knowing that she finally has Caitlin in her sides. She then digs through her purse and retrieves a tube of red lipstick and begins to touch up her lips. Still at the Augustus High School in the parking lot, Caitlin is sitting in Skye's car watching the rain fall. As she lets out a sigh, Danielle approaches her car and knocks on the window. A curious and startled Caitlin rolls down the window.
5: Danielle? Caitlin! Thank God I found you! What what are you doing? The storm is really picking up. There's even a tornado warning? You need to get inside. I can't go inside. I've looked everywhere for you. I need to see you. Danielle, are you okay? No! No! I don't know! What's going on? I usually don't care for you, considering what you put me through. You look frazzled. I am! Because of this!
0: Danielle retrieves her cell phone from her raincoat pocket and passes it to Caitlin, showing her the photo of the letter that Emma read the day she died.
4: This letter was written by your Aunt Melody, according to the signature at the bottom. It is only part of the letter, considering it's something that Emma read the day she died. What the hell is this? Where
5: did you get this? I, I can't tell you that. Just know it came from a reliable source. Oh, this can't be. This says my brother is not my brother.
0: Time is a funny thing. It moves quickly one moment and then moves slow the next. During the slow slumps of time, people make choices right or left, fight or flight, lie or don't, make a mistake or stay the course, alter a life or stay away, lust, betrayal, good versus evil, which way does the pendulum of time swing in the course of a day? Well, that is all up to those who live their lives the way they want to live them. But is it always up to us or are alterations always made? The answer is yes. At Stephanie's home in the living room, Stephanie is sitting in a chair, putting on a pair of black rain boots.
3: My gun is loaded. The target is right where I want him.
0: Stephanie then picks up her gun from its safety box.
3: Game over, Donovan.
0: I win. Back at Augustus High School in the gymnasium, the night has calmed down. The residents of Augustus are laughing, dancing, and having a great time. It's as though time has stopped as some remember their days in high school, others remember what it's like to truly volunteer, and some look towards the future. As the party continues, a soaking wet Caitlin enters the room. She makes her way through the crowd, and then she walks over to Elaine.
7: Oh, Caitlin, there you are. I've been looking everywhere for you. Your brother only has five more minutes before he has to head back to the house. He's out in the hall waiting to say goodbye to you. He can't. He can't leave. Well, honey, I know you don't want him to leave, but, well, he has to. Lucinda is searching for him, I just know it. She can't take Connor away. Look, honey, Colin has even patched things up with Alex temporarily. They're working together. You see, everything is gonna be just fine. No, no it won't. Caitlin. what's going on, honey? I know you're upset about what this whole thing has come to, but well, it's happening. We've got to support your brother. He's not my brother. What, <laughs> what are you saying? I, I don't understand.
0: As Elaine continues to wonder what's going on with Caitlyn, Melanie and Stephen rush up to them.
7: What is going on? Is Caitlyn okay? Stephen and I noticed her crying from across the room.
13: Caitlyn,
12: can I get you anything?
7: What is going on here, Caitlyn? I need you to tell me right now. No. No, I don't want to be the one
5: to tell you, Mom. I think Aunt Melanie should be the one. Go ahead, Melanie. Tell her. Tell my mom. Tell everybody. Tell everyone how Colin is really Connor. Your baby never died. You sold him to the highest bidder, which just happened to be my father. Oh, Oh, dear God.
7: What? Caitlin, what are you talking about?
0: Everyone begins to notice the scene and the party stops. Everyone then turns their attention over to the Harper family. Colin then looks in the gymnasium trying to spy on the situation to see what has been taking his family so long. He then notices the situation unfolding.
6: What the hell is going on? I've got to get in there. My family needs me.
0: Colin rushes into the gymnasium and goes up to Elaine, Stephen, Melanie, and Caitlin just as the town gathers around them.
7: Colin! No! No! You can't be in here!
0: Mom, I couldn't stay out
6: of here. I saw what was going on through the windows of the gym. I-
5: I'm so sorry. Why have all of you stopped the party? Is everything okay? Caitlin, sis,
6: what's going on? I'm not understanding any of this.
5: Check your phones, Mom and Colin. I sent you guys what I was given from Danielle Fraser.
0: Colin and Elaine retrieve their phones. They see that Caitlin has just texted them each a photo of the letter that Danielle showed her.
7: Oh, oh my god.
0: Ah, uh, Melanie, what is this? Colin flips his phone around for Melanie and Steven to view. Melanie and Steven are shocked to see a portion of the letter that they thought had been lost forever. Is this true?
5: Oh, Colin, it's true. My God, I don't even know how anyone got a hold of that letter, but it is true. I'm your mother.
8: I'm your
1: father.
0: Yes, time is a funny thing. There are only 24 hours in a day, and once they're up, they can't be given back. At Donovan's apartment in the living room, Donovan is on the floor, slowly bleeding out from having been shot.
1: Oh, you did a good job. You gave me exactly what I wanted. A reaction.
0: Donovan slowly begins to close his eyes. At a hotel and resort in a hallway, Gunner and Andrew are walking through a hallway.
6: Andrew, can we just get to the point of why you got me out of prison already? I mean, first we spend some time in Guadalajara. Then as soon as I get all cleaned up, you tell me that we have to go somewhere else. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. I want to stop living in this nightmare.
11: Gunner, just calm down. After all, I have
6: a surprise for you. Remember? Did you get me a cheese and fruit basket or something?
0: (laughs) No, not at all. Oh, oh, here's the room. Gunner and Andrew have arrived at room 502. Andrew then lets out a deep breath. Oh, good. I
11: was worried you would have left this hotel by now. After all, I know how much you love to travel. Is this some kind of sick joke? Look, y- you'll have to forgive your husband here. He's just a little jet lag. Emma? You're alive?
9: Of course I am. <laughs> God, did you hit your head or something? Come on, baby. I've got a ton of new clothes to model for you. And if Andrew ever leaves us alone on our honeymoon, then I can also break out the sexy stuff.
0: The passing of time. It happens every day. It happens every second. It is something that people rarely think about in their day-to-day movement. But once in a while, it takes just one night for time to flash before our eyes. On a long stretch of road, Lucinda is in her car. She's very focused on the road with two hands gripping the wheel.
8: I'm coming for you, Colin Harper. I'm going to get you and have you arrested. I know you're at this damn high school reunion. After all, it's the one place I haven't looked. But hey, watching you get arrested in front of the whole town will be so much fun.
0: Meanwhile, Leslie is driving on the same stretch of road. She has been clearly crying and she has a blank stare on her face.
3: I just have to get home. I just have to be with my baby boy, and I have to wash this blood off of me.
0: Meanwhile, Melanie is driving in Steven's car. She is driving rather fast as the windshield wipers move as fast as they can.
8: I had to get away.
5: I couldn't stand there and face Colin. Connor, Colin. I gave my baby away. I gave him away. I sold him. What kind of mother does that? God,
10: I am
8: the worst person in the world! Damn you, Gunnar
0: Harper! Damn you! Melanie begins to hit the steering wheel repeatedly as she continues to cry. Suddenly, because of the poor road conditions, Melanie begins to swerve, and she can't control the car anymore. Before she can stop it, Melanie is suddenly in the other lane. Leslie then sees headlights heading straight for her. Lucinda, who is driving behind Leslie, slams on her brakes. Melanie then hits Leslie head-on. Lucinda hits Leslie's car from behind. Hours later, Lucinda is in her driver's seat. She has been knocked unconscious. Her head is resting on her airbag. She has a rather large cut on her forehead. Meanwhile, the car that Melanie was in has been revealed to have ultimately flipped over with an unconscious Melanie inside, and Leslie has gone through her windshield and has ended up on the street completely unconscious. All three women have no sign of life left in them as help finally begins to arrive on the scene of this horrific triple car accident. This has been the Season 3 finale of the Indie Series award-winning drama Forever and a Day. Created by KCS Hutchison. Co-executive producer Candace Mack. Co-executive producer KCS Hutchison. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, and Emmy Morgan. Creative consultant Tom Racina. Music and sound effects provided by fessalian Studios and Soundstripe theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Michael Carr as Donovan Aldridge, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Tony D. Head as Isaac Marshall, Matthew Preston as Jonah Bennett, Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham, Janelle Allen as Felicia Richardson, Terry Lemur as Lenore Parkhurst, Ron Schnitker as Graham Williams, Quinn Van Antwerp as Colin Harper, Elizabeth Von Isser as Elaine Harper, Claire Stottmuller as Lucinda Prescott, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Mackenzie Bell as Sky Parkhurst, Anna Burmeister as Lakin Bennett, Brett Lawrence as Gunnar Harper, Frank DiCapolis as Andrew Rutledge, Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Michael Norberg as Nicholas Larson, Lauren B. Martin as Dominique Bradford, Darrell Anthony as Antoine Jeffries, Sherard Jackson as Jesse J.J. Frazier. Amelia Marshall as Rhonda Jeffries. Bruce Van Griffin as Detective Reynolds. Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier. Beth Ellers as Melanie Walters. With Aaron Clark as Steven Lingenfeld. And Kevin Caliber as Alex Bennett. Thank you to all of you for tuning into to this Season 3 finale of Forever and a Day. We love you for listening.